Capaldi is Doc Who. They all travel in time like they're Marty to stories that end where they started like part two. Now we stand on top of the mountain with our heads held high. We're billions of counting, holding our lightsabers up to the sky. And we're shouting with one voice out loud. Hey, that's just a sample of We Are Nerds, which is the brand new single by me, Justin Timpain, one half of Trek Op. So listen, go on iTunes and get it for yourself. It's only 99 cents. It's also on Amazon. It's on Spotify. It's wherever you buy your music, Google Play, it's going to be there. So look for We Are Nerds. And then you can, if you need to add my name, Justin Timpain, T-I-M-P-A-N-E, it goes to help us make this show. It goes to help us make more songs like that. But please, please get a copy of We Are Nerds. You can see the video on YouTube. That's We Are Nerds. Okay, time for Trek Off. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a shit. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. My name is Alexia. I can't talk to you both at the same time. And today, <laughs> today we have a guest, and I am so excited. Um, yep. uh, as as you our listeners know, um, we are uh, big supporters of of the Star Trek uh, the the Star Trek fan films, and I don't even you know I I've been re- I've hated to call them fan films. Because to call them fan films is, you know, it's very easy to go, oh, it's just a film by a fan. Man, these are fucking films. Um, these are shows. And there's absolutely no doubt that what they, what they deliver, um, especially before 2009, um, what they've delivered is the only Star Trek that people were able to get. And in light of the fact that there's finally the announcement of a new TV show, people are going, finally, Star Trek on TV, to which I can only say there has been quote-unquote star trek on tv for a while so uh so i am very 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 excited to introduce the one the only star trek continues vic mignona is that am i getting that right mignona mignona did i do that well, okay actually, well first of all thanks for having me and actually it's mignana mignana like tomorrow in space like tomorrow yeah, like tomorrow <laughs> because you're from the future <laughs> Good one. Um, Wait, does that mean you're going to tell us all the secrets of the future? This is going to be the best truck off ever. <laughs> I'm not permitted to tell you because it could 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 cause some sort of a paradox. I'll tell you. Oh, I had, it I, could contaminate the timeline. Well, fuck that shit. Just throw caution to the wind. I've a, I've a very yeah, good well. friend. A very good friend who's been on uh, our our show a few times, um, who uh, who r- was in the National Tour spam a lot, and right now he's working down at Disney. But for a while, he uh, he was a writer and director for the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair, and he said that he had this experience where occasionally you would get a bunch of Klingons who would show up at the Renaissance Fair. Really, he would they would absolutely. <laughs> He would absolutely stay in character the entire time because you're not supposed to break character ever. Oh, hello, yes, lords, ladies, baba. And you'd go through the whole spiel. And when the show was over, he would write, walk right on the, yes, you gentlemen, I just want to speak to you, strange looking gentlemen, for just one moment. And he'd walk up to him and go, what are you doing? If Starfleet finds out that you've come back in time and <laughs> violated the, the prime directive, oh they're going to have my head. Do you know how long I have been undercover doing this? You need to leave. And they loved it. And it was he said he said that from that moment forward they felt like they were part of the show too. And so oh, when 
so that that is an experience of it. Hey, welcome, man. Welcome to Truck Off. Thank you for coming on. It is my pleasure, my friend. I'm very, very happy to join you. So, uh, so take me back. Um, how how does one how how did you get? Let's just get started. Star Trek continues. Um, it's uh, it's one of the like one of the premier uh, Star Trek. Again, I hate the term fan film, but we'll call it for for lack of a better term uh, the the uh, the fan series out there. I mean, there. it's the Star Trek continuation, right? I mean, yeah. how, that's how accurate. Did, <laughs> how did you get involved in that? How did that happen? Well, how did I get involved in it? I uh, I started it. <laughs> well, um, well, that'll do it. I, there you go. Good interview. Yeah, nice talking. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I loved, I'd loved Star Trek since I was a little boy, and I always uh, loved Captain Kirk. He was a very much of a very much of a role model and a, a father figure to me when I was a little boy. And so uh, about three years ago, I, I had worked a little bit because of my love for Star Trek. I had worked briefly with some other fan productions. But one of the things that I walked away from those productions realizing very quickly was, and at least in my opinion, I thought, you know, this could be done so much better. It could be done so much better. The acting could be better. The stories could be better. The lighting could be better. The, the efficiency with which they are shot and edited and produced and sound designed and put together could be so much better. And so uh, about three years ago, I decided that I was going to try one myself. And I, um, I got a bunch of my friends together that were actors and production people with skills and and uh, we we made Pilgrim of Eternity our first episode with the Greek god Apollo and uh, put it out there and people really seemed to enjoy it and so we launched a Kickstarter to make more and that's exactly what we did we asked for a, a very modest amount of money to make three more full-length episodes and we did that in very short order very efficiently and in my opinion, each episode was better than the last. And then in February of this year, we launched a second Kickstarter to make two more episodes, five and six. Five was just released a few weeks ago. And six will be, uh, will be shooting very, very shortly and will be, be out early next year. That's now, awesome. One of the things that 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 I have uh, sort of been impressed with um, is is that when you look at the and and I have you know I've gone on record as saying that the original series is not my favorite. Please don't hang up. Um, uh, um, um, but one of the things that I've been impressed with uh, was that you've overcome with these uh, with with these new episodes some of the issues that I had with the original series, which was that. Um, I lack the imagination to see past the cardboard sets and the shoddy special effects, which were were of course updated when when the Akutas like made made the the HD Star Trek remasters, and I it's right. easier for me to watch those. But what I I would I would kind of go on record as saying that 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 shows like Star Trek continues look better than what they made in the '60s. I mean, have you has that been your experience as well? Well, I mean, I, uh, honestly, I, I don't know that I would go that far, but I would certainly say that I think that we have been able to come closer and rival 
the production quality of the original series better than anyone has been able to do it since the original ended. Um, and that is not by accident. <laughs> that uh, that takes craftsmanship and uh, and quality and efficiency and production experience. And uh, the team that we've put together at Star Trek Continues has all of that. So I'm very, very proud of, of our group, and I think the quality of what we've done speaks for itself. So take me back. Um, you know, a lot of the people who are listening to the show, uh, they they watch it from a from sort of a third person point of view. They watch it as something that they consume and and enjoy and and maybe participate in sort of sideways ways. Um, take me back to what to. to the Vic who had not done this um, and sort of sort of where you were, maybe let's say six months before this all happened. Um, what's your story? Where were you from? Uh, and, and, and what led you to finally say, this is something that I'm going to do? Well, I feel like most of the things that I do now professionally, like acting and uh, production work, I started for the first time trying to do because of my love for Star Trek. When I was 10, 11, 12, 13, I was inspired to try to build props and make sets and make uniforms and act. And Did you do that like when you were a kid as well? Like, did oh, you yeah. actually oh, like make goodness. things and do your own little, oh, you know, Star Trek oh, episodes? Oh, my God. My dear, it's on the internet. Go look. Go go to YouTube and look up. There are home movies of me dressed <laughs> as Captain Kirk when I was twelve and thirteen years old. How adorable! Rounding up kids in my neighborhood and making Star Trek episodes, making getting my mom to teach me to use a sewing machine so I could make my own uniforms, that kind of stuff. And so, I started acting at that age because I loved Star Trek and the stories they told. And I liked Shatner and Nimoy and DeForest Kelly and Jimmy Doohan and all of them. And it made me want to act myself. And then, I mean, I started acting when I was that young and I continued acting up to the point, I mean, I've done hundreds of stage plays and some on-camera stuff. And then about 18 years ago, I started voice acting. And I voice acted over 200 different animated series and video games and am very well known in that industry. I get invited to conventions all the time to sign autographs for fans and I have a really great fan base in that in that field. And then when I was in college, I actually majored in film huh. and uh, and learned all about production and shooting and editing and lighting and sound and all of that. So to decide three years ago that I wanted to fulfill a childhood dream of making some more episodes in the vein of the original series and um, that I wanted to get the chance to play Captain Kirk, my childhood role model, um, I was able to combine the skills that I've developed all my life with the very thing that inspired me to try those things in the first place. That's awesome. That's living the dream, my friend. I'm just saying. It really, <laughs> like, 
It, it, it really, really is. Um, it's, it is absolutely euphoric to get to walk onto these sets in uniform as Captain Kirk and play this character that I've loved my, uh, my whole life. And I'll tell you what, it was rather daunting. I mean, to come yeah, on... Yeah, I mean, were you scared to, at all? I mean, well, I think if it was no, me, I'd be terrified no. coming after Shatner and trying to be Kirk. I, I think it would just scare the hell out of me. I will tell you that, you know, it's really easy to say, oh, man, I'd love to play Captain Kirk. I'd love to do this. I'd love to play my hero. Yeah, well, it's easy to say that. <laughs> until, until you've built the sets and there are 25 crew people and actors standing around and the lights are on and the cameras are rolling and you need to step out of the turbo lift and be Captain Kirk. Um, it was There was a moment where I thought, wow, I hope I can pull this off. But the fans have been very kind and people have really seemed to enjoy um, what we've done and I'm, I'm extremely gratified. Now, we're, we're going to get to the voice stuff. That's something that I definitely want to ask you about. But one thing before we get there that I that I like, I, I have to mention that is cool that, that is, there aren't many people that can say this. Um, you have been on Phase 2. You've been on Continues. You've been on Farragut. You've been on Farragut's animated episode. Um, you have been... So, sort of have yourself represented across all of the worlds that would sort of exist. You are you are connective tissue, not always as Kirk, but often as Kirk, um, uh, and sometimes as George Kirk. Um, uh, is is <laughs> what like? Do you do you feel a certain amount of pride at at, at the fact that 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 you are part of? Like if there's if there's a person that could be sort of across the world, that would be you. Well, and Paul Sieber. <laughs> well, Paul Sieber is not on Star Trek Continues. Um, but let me just say this: um, I appreciate what 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 fans are trying to do. I I certainly understand the passion. And from where it comes, you know what I mean? The, the, the love of something, the childhood love of something. Um, I totally, totally uh, understand that. Um, however, as I said again, and, and maybe this is just me being, being subjective and, and, you know, plugging my own series, as I'm sure you would expect anyone else to do. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like what Star Trek Continues is doing, the level of quality and the people that are involved with it, the efficiency with which I mean it doesn't take us four years to get an episode out. We shoot an episode in eight days and there are no pickups and no reshoots and it is released in a few months like clockwork and we say we're gonna do something and we do it. And we raise money and we use the money exactly as we said we would in exactly the amount of time that we said we would. We are extremely good stewards of the fans' donations. And so um, while I have nothing against any other fan productions, I, I was a part of the other productions because of my love for Star Trek. But 
my experiences with some of these other productions left me really wanting to do something better. And I, and I do believe that we have accomplished that with Star Trek Continues. Now, I want to um, jump maybe a hundred something years into the future, um, because you have not only gone back uh, to the era of Kirk, but you've gone past anywhere that the, uh, the next gen era went with Star Trek Renegades. What was your experience doing that? Well, um, I enjoyed the people that I worked with. Uh, I love Adrienne Wilkinson, as you may or may not know. She played Edith Keeler in, in our fourth episode. Um, I love the people that I met on Renegades. Um, it's not my personal kind of trek because I don't know if you would agree with this, but I think Gene Roddenberry certainly would. And that is Star Trek is about an optimistic future. Totally. The, the whole premise of Star Trek was that mankind got over their petty differences and they unified to move out into the galaxy as, as one unified human race to make contact and make peace and explore the world and meet new races. And one of the things, and, and so that's what I think Star Trek is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about a dark, seedy future with people in, in the Federation having nefarious uh, intentions and trying to, you know, trying to cause wars and battles, and which is kind of the J.J. premise as well. Like you have, you know, you have that guy that was an admiral in Starfleet who's trying to use... Khan and his people as weapons to start a war. That's not we, Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, this Robocop. is where I think that Justin and I have like a breakdown. I'm with you. That and, is not Star Trek. Star no. Trek is about an optimistic view of the future. Yeah, Star Trek is what we want to be one day. I feel exact, like. Not these dark, yep. not these dark, seedy, underbelly, nefarious. Yeah, we got plenty of other sci-fi that does that. You know what Thank I mean? You. Like, there's a lot of sci-fi that is that. That's like post-apocalyptic exactly. or dark or seedy exactly. or dirty or what, what, what have you. And I really feel like that's exactly. what I love about Trek for me because it's like exactly. something that we can strive for. I feel like, you know, like we can see that. Look, that exactly oh, it's so possible. And wouldn't it be a beautiful and thing? And that is exactly what I wanted to do with Star Trek Continues. Um, I have, again, I have nothing against other fan productions, but I feel that we do what we do very well, and I think our fan base uh, testifies to that. I think the fact that in two and a half years, we have released five full-length episodes, and we're getting ready to shoot more. We have, a, we have built a more complete recreation of the original soundstage than anyone else ever anywhere, period. It doesn't matter what anyone claims. The numbers don't lie. We have a 19,000 square foot facility where we are about to premiere the engineering section, which has oh, wow. never, 
ever, ever been rebuilt since the original series. Some may have tried, but I haven't seen it on screen, and certainly I have not seen it on screen in its complete form. And we are getting ready to premiere it with the full core, the work, the the, the force perspective core, oh, and wow. the two the two stories and all of it. Um, yeah, that sound you're right, hearing right now is Alexia packing her bags to come move in. Right, um, <laughs> that's exactly which, what Alexia, that is. You've got shit to do, man. Uh, <laughs> I am actually, I am actually, I am actually at the studio right now, building oh, on the set. I've been here uh, all week working on engineering. We hung the hexagonal mesh that goes over top of the core. Listen to her. Listen to her. It is absolutely breathtaking. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, can I live there? Is that okay? Is that weird? <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously, can I live there? Is that, like, okay? Is that you weird? Could. <laughs> You could. You could sleep in the sick bay. and I'm just saying, like, it would be the best place ever to live. It's the best place. It's, to me, it's, like, better than any fucking theme park anywhere. Like, I would just want to hang out and, like, pretend that I'm living on the Enterprise. <laughs> like, that would be great. I'm with you. I am with you. Um, I, I, I'm with you completely. And, uh, he knows what's up. So pretty much, this is what's going to happen. Apparently, me and Vic are going to live on the sets. <laughs> I'm like, you guys know where we're at, okay? <laughs> like, we'll have parties. It'll be great. How are we going to do the show? I mean, it'll be fun. You can come visit us, and we'll do oh. the show there. It'll be we'll great. We'll do the show there. Only yeah. there. Only, Only there. there. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you a picture. Oh. Okay. Now... Obviously, your your listeners aren't going to be able to see it, but you will. Now, this but is I a work in. Listen, this is a work in progress. It's not finished, but there's certainly enough of it for you to appreciate what we're up to. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, I'm so excited. Fair. You've just you've just sent her like the greatest porn ever. Ever for like, sure. Truly. Way like, better truly. than porn. Like I, I would net like dick pic doesn't do it for me, but this right here. This man. is what this, I mean. Somewhere there's some some embarrassing picture of Alexia just sitting there, like looking at pictures on her phone, the way that other people might be looking at pornography. But instead, <laughs> just shots of the Enterprise, luscious, <laughs> luscious. Luscious, luscious, luscious of, enterprise of the, of the ship. Oh my! Like where gosh. someone would be like, "What are you looking at over there?" But look at you. Got to see this. Do you see this? Look at this shot. Do you see? Do you see how that's? Oh my God! It's engineering. You know, I and he, here's <laughs> and I and I don't want to jump in as being the guy who. Oh, I like dark. I like dark. Yes, there are things about Dark Trek that I like. Yes, I'm DS9 is my favorite Star Trek. Yes, I love the idea. That, that you like the idea of the world just falling apart. That's just no, what I you don't. Like. No, you know, yes, you I, like, do. I like the idea of of sometimes people got to make the hard choices in order for paradise to continue to exist. I understand that's not Roddenberryan. It's not. No. Um, but what I what I've said so many times about Star Trek is that what makes Star Trek awesome is that there is Trek for me, and there is Trek for you. There is animated Trek. For my nine-year-old, who can't quite get into the live action yet, but he's now going every day, Dada, can we watch some more of that, that Star Trek cartoon? That's what oh, I really? love That's awesome. about Star Trek, is that there, cool. is, there is something, anybody who's out there that goes, I don't like Star Trek, 
Maybe you'll like JJ. Maybe you'll like Star Trek Continues. Maybe you'll like the animated series. Maybe you'll love Trek off. You just want to hear people curse about Trek. There's Star <laughs> Trek for you somewhere. <laughs> Everybody's going to have it in their life. So listen, I would, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Star Trek is not your only foray, sir, into, into some fan favorite shit. Um, no. So, no. Uh, so first of all, uh, let's go to Star Trek's uh, British cousin. Um, we've done some Doctor Who. <laughs> what? Doctor Who well, I'm- Adventures. Yes, I'm. I am. I am going to spend a little time on the IMDb page. Um, and first off, um, Doctor Who. You got to do Trek and Doctor Who. It's like Gandalf also being able to be Magneto. It's not fair. It's not, man. I'm so jealous. <laughs> well, I'm a big nerd like you guys are. And, uh, you know. Man, um, I just, I don't even know. I don't even know. If I, if I did both of those things, like, I, would be, I could die tomorrow. Oh, so, so Alexia hasn't looked through. Um, I'm just I starting. Not. Um, um, without going into long conversations about all of them, uh, Wolverine. Iron Man, Marvel Marvel Heroes, Pac-Man, Mario and Sonic. I'm not even to the I'm not even to the shit this guy is known for. Stop. Like like um so uh what I am amazed by and sort of across the board even going like you scroll all the way to the bottom of your page. Um uh there's a lot of of English English anime in there and sometimes English adapt like anime adaptations of American things like the Wolverine. The Wolverine um, is and and it's interesting. I've seen some of it um, and I didn't realize uh, uh, it's Wolverine as it would be reimagined through anime. Um, oh wow! So so well, and was- actually and actually the story and actually the story uh, is similar to the Wolverine and movie Pride. that came out. Which is which is itself based off the four issue Frank Miller series and Wolverine and Kitty Pryde. Right. I know my shit from the eighties, yo. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> now excuse me while I take my Prilosec. No, um, because I'm old. I, <laughs> uh, um, it's just like it, and of course, uh, of course, you know, we 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 would be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, all the full metal al- alchemist and, and all the, Oh my God. Naruto. Um, uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball what? Z. Is, is bleach, is bleach the one you work the most on? Oh no, no. Um, no, I, I, I mean, you mean as far as the longest running series is, is, is the if you had to take the one thing you feel like you've spent the most time in the studio doing, what performance do you feel like? What character do you feel like you've spent the most time in the studio well, performing? I'm sure. I'm sure that would be. I'm sure that would be Edward Elric in Full Metal Alchemist, um, because of the size of the character and the numbers of episodes. I mean, I've done a lot of series that are longer, like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and and uh, and Bleach, but uh, but as far as time in the studio, I would say. Full metal, and then you know there are other fan productions that I've done. I did a Firefly, uh, yes, the fan production, and I also did a a, a Fallout Nuka Break uh, series that's based. Wait, on so is this like based on the game? Yeah, Fallout. That's awesome. Yeah, 
So yeah, I mean, I I'm a big fan. I'm a I'm a big uh, nerd and and sci-fi and and pop culture fan. And it's you know a lot of these things. It's not has nothing to do about with how much money I'm going to be paid or whether or not it's a professional major gig or not. I just love playing in all of these universes. Well, one of the things I, I wanted to ask that really like fascinated me when I was when I was doing my research to start with, um, <laughs> uh, when, when, when I when I was in the library looking at the microfilms, um, <laughs> I was just scrolling past old newspaper articles. I know what you're up to, sir. I know. Um, uh, uh, from the get go, uh, you, it seemed like you were involved in English trans- translations of anime. Um, so what I was wondering is, did you become a fan? Because clearly you're a fan now. Did you become a fan? You know, starting off, you know, he doing Dragon's All in the Dragon Ball in the early '90s when nobody had heard of it. Um, uh, were you a fan of the anime and you sought it out and that's how you got in? Um, which is very similar to how um, our mutual friend Daniel Ross got into Transformers. Um, right. No, um, no. I, I would say no. When I was a little boy, I loved anime, but I didn't know it was anime. I, I loved Speed Racer. Mm. I loved Kim the White Lion, but I, I just thought they were weird. Um, I just <laughs> thought they, you know what I mean? I just thought they were, the animation was different. The story was a little different. It looked different. It sounded different. You know, the voices were different. It wasn't your classic Scooby-Doo or right. a bug well, and, and let's face it, what we were getting right. here was largely shit. And so well, when you saw I mean, Speed I, Racer, I, and suddenly, I, I, mean, I, I don't, I, I don't I, mean I, the spirit, I mean the animation itself. So when you saw outside of a movie theater, so when you saw Speed Racer and what they were doing, the, the, the level of complexity of the animation itself, that's what always drew me to it. Well, I... You know, it, it it was it was it was different. As I say, it was it was done differently. It was a, the entire approach to it was different than standard uh, Western animation for kids. And so I was intrigued by it and I loved it, but I didn't know it was Japanese animation. Um, so it's it's kind of surreal that you know you fast forward forty years later, and I'm you know and I done 200 different anime series you know now and I'm a I'm an anime voice actor you know when when I was a little boy I really enjoyed anime but I didn't even know it was anime I could see that because I I feel like that would like I wouldn't have known to call it that like I don't think I knew it was called anime until maybe five years ago like I I just knew I there was different sorts of shows and like these were the weird ones and I kind of liked that they were weird and different, um, but I still liked Scooby Doo too, right? Like I liked all of it, yeah, but I didn't realize they were different. Exactly. Yeah. I remember calling yeah. it Japanese animation. Like that's what that's what I remember. Like in high school, referring to when I would look back at the way that certain things on the like the original Transformers animated film were done. I or, or Akira, I would know that's Japanese animation. But outside of like that, those two, and then when Sci-Fi Channel first premiered, they couldn't stop playing like Vampire Hunter D. Oh, um, I love which that I would shit. watch like half of, but I didn't get because I was 16 and, and I just didn't understand. Oh, so um, you were dumb when you were 16? I'm sorry. That makes sense. Yeah, because I'm super smart now. Everyone, <laughs> everyone knows. So <laughs> much has changed, me. really. Can, you, can I put you guys on hold? Because I got to go talk to Mensa for a little while. <laughs> they're, wondering why I'm, they're wondering why I'm wearing Darth Vader underoos. Um, <laughs> hey, now. I'm, I'm not really. Yes, I am. 
Yes, I am. Hey, uh, hey guys. Yes. Hey, guys. I only have a few minutes left, so um, uh, any any other questions that you want to ask me, go for it. Um. Oh, my gosh. A thousand. There's um, so many. Um. Okay. Um. Uh. <laughs> So Edward 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 Elric is what you would most like most likely be recognized for. Um uh, yeah. what has been your experience with the fans um and through through your experience with Full Metal Alchemist? Oh my gosh. Um wow. No pressure. <laughs> I mean I I have to tell you that um wow. Let me think on that. I will tell you this. Um, I have received literally over the years thousands of emails. And not only emails, but when you add to it the number of people that I've met personally, fans that I've met at conventions I attend. Um, I have met so many people who were very deeply moved and encouraged actually and strengthened by full metal alchemist they 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 i've had so many stories told to me about people going through a very hard time in their lives people having lost a loved one people having had a challenging illness uh people uh parents going through a divorce any number of things depression being bullied um and for some reason, Ed and and uh, and his own challenges and and uh, the journey that he was on and his brother really moved them and got them through a difficult time. And you know what? Voice actors don't make a lot of money. I mean, we don't get paid a ton of money. But I have to tell you, what I have not received in actual dollars, I have been I, I have been paid 10 times over in being able to have had a positive part of, of, of people's lives in that way. It's priceless to me. And it's uh, the, the, the stories are too numerous to tell you um, people that have just really, really been moved by that show and by that character in particular. And it's something, it's one of the characters I'm most proud of. That's amazing. And I got to say, like, so I actually kind of have a follow up question, because to me that like I would agree with you, like even if I didn't get paid anything like to me, that would be so fulfilling. And I've heard people say, like, because I've talked about having Star Trek moments, like I had a starstruck moment when I got to meet Shatner. And I I had planned to say these wonderful things about the effect that Star Trek had on me. Right. And I I fucked it up and I didn't do that because I was just like, oh, it's Shatner. And I had somebody say this to me. They were like. Oh my God. He hears that every day. Like, like it's like you could get old, like you could get like, Oh yeah. Here's another one of those stories. Like it doesn't get old. Does it like, I'm not, cause it doesn't sound like to like just hearing you talk about it. It doesn't sound that it's like you could hear it probably well, a good jillion times. Me, and never get old. Well, let me say this. I can't speak for anybody else. I do think that there are people, there are a lot of different types of people out there, Alexia. Uh, there are a lot of different types of, if I can use the word, celebrities out there. Sure. And they, and they see themselves and they see their work and they see the impact of their work very differently. You are right. I'm sure Bill hears that, has heard that 
three times as much as I have. Um, and I can't speak for him. I can't speak for anyone, any of the other celebrities in the world. But I can tell you this. Because of who I am and because of who I want to be in my life, it means a great deal to me. And I will never get tired of hearing that. Uh, when fans write me emails, I write them back personally and tell them thank you. It means so much to me that, that my work has, has, has meant so much to you and, and gotten you through a difficult time or brought you closer to your parents or any number of things that I've heard. And I, I don't think I will ever tire of hearing that because my, my desire so much is to be a positive encouragement to people. Um, so, so for me, I can't speak for others, but for me, it, it really means a lot. That's awesome. I, I want to round this out by, by saying something, and it was a little throwaway thing that you said very, very early on that impressed me. Um, and I, hearing what you just said makes, the, makes, makes this absolutely not uh, surprising to me, is that, is that you, first of all, you didn't need to take the time with us, and you were willing to, and we are incredibly grateful. Um, but what impressed me that you said, and going through this, going, going to different fandoms, you are absolutely a celebrity. To oh, the yeah. Fullmetal Alchemist fans, you are absolutely, to the Bleach fans, to, across the board, to, the, to Dragon Ball Z, absolutely across the board. And yet what you said earlier was that you're leaving the set you were fucking putting stuff together yourself and making stuff. I, I imagine you there painting the set or putting a prop together or making sure this thing is perfect. And what I love, what I love is that when it all is done and all of that is done and, 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 and for this thing that doesn't pay you money, um, there is this passion that makes it so that you go and, and just go do it yourself um, when you don't have to for the love of it and for the love of bringing it to the same people who listen to this show. Um, so for all of those who are listening right now who would want to say it, um, thank you. you yeah. Don't have to. Thank and you. You, you so don't. <laughs> and that's fucking cool, man. That, 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 both what you said just now about the fans and the idea that at the end of your day you go and work on shit you don't have to for the, you know, I, I love that old line from the Jerry Maguire movie, for the Quan, for the love, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. that is, uh, it speaks incredibly fucking well at you, sir. Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate you saying that. Let me tell you, I've got, as I speak to you right now, I have drywall dust in my hair and I <laughs> have paint all, and I have paint all over my hands. I've got a blood blister on my finger. I've got a cut on my arm. Um, I, I came down here, I flew down to the studio on Sunday night, I flew directly here from a convention appearance, uh, and, um, came down here and I've spent every day, all day, um, working on the sets, building, building flats and building pieces that go on the walls and painting this and nailing that and sawing this and, and I, I love doing that kind of stuff anyway, but I, I feel strongly about, you know, putting my own sweat equity into this production. Um, I, think, I think, you know, Star Trek continues, at the end of the day, Star Trek continues as my baby. 
and Star Trek Continues is is my vision. It's it's my dream project, and I know that there are a lot of people out there, and I'm very thankful for them, who are kind of vicariously living through us. They're like, wow, you know, wouldn't that be cool to be able to do that? And we take that very seriously. We want to do the best we can because we know that there are tens of thousands. You know, we've had almost three million views now. Um, hundreds of thousands of people out there who who would love to get the chance to put on a uniform and walk through this starship uh, as if it was, you know, the real deal. And and so we take it very seriously. And I want to take a minute to thank the donors who have donated to our production. There are a lot of Kickstarters and crowdfunding campaigns out there that make a bunch of grand promises and they raise a lot of money and then they don't do anything. Or what they end up doing is two years later and or what they end up doing is very lackluster and certainly not what people hoped. And I, I, I'm very, very grateful to the fans that have donated to Star Trek Continues because every penny that, you, that they have donated is on screen. You can see every penny that, that has been given goes on, goes on screen. And um, we're getting ready to launch um, another Kickstarter. I should say another crowdfunding campaign because it may be on Indiegogo. But my goal is to make 13 episodes. My goal for Star Trek Continues is to make 13 episodes, basically make the equivalent of another TV series, another TV season. And my long-term goal with that 13 episodes is to basically complete the five-year mission and leave the characters where they were when the motion picture picked them up. So in early next year, maybe February, early March at the latest, we are going to launch one last final crowdfunding campaign to, to fund making the rest of our series. I hate asking people for money, and I hate going back to the well over and over again. So we're going to launch one large crowdfunding campaign, and I believe that our fans are supportive enough and enthusiastic enough and certainly have seen the quality of what we've accomplished. Uh, and hopefully together we will we'll reach the goal and uh, and be able to finish the series. Give the original series of Star Trek the series finale that it never had. Well, that's like, so So certainly we're going to want you to come back then and remind our listeners that you're doing that. But for now, as our final segue, where can people go? Where If there are like a top, like two or three places that you would want people to go right now to support you, to support Star Trek Continues, to find stuff, where should the people who are listening right now go to check out what you're talking about? Well, for those people that are listening now, go to StarTrekContinues.com. That's the easiest thing to remember. That is a direct line. www.StarTrekContinues.com. Now, most of you right now are listening on your phones. Right now, you're probably on your phones listening to this show. It's so easy if you're on your iPhone to go to Safari or whatever you do right now as you're listening to my voice. Right now, go it's to your browser on your phone and put in StarTrekContinues.com. That's the best thing you can do. Second thing they can do. Yeah, and well, that's the first thing. And, you know, there's even a donate now button right there on the homepage 
that if people like what they've seen and they want to help us make more, by all means, uh, donate. And secondly, uh, you can watch all of our episodes right there. Click on episodes, and there are direct links to all five of our current episodes. Also, uh, join us on Facebook, Star Trek Continues. Like us on Facebook and, and follow along. We're posting videos from the set uh, of the work on engineering and uh, all kinds of new things going on, so keep, in, keep uh, kind of plugged in with our production there. Uh, for me personally, um, you can go to my fan club, www.risenbullrangers.com. How do you spell uh, that? R-I-S-E-M-B-O-O-L, Risenbull. That's the little town that Ed and Al came from in Full Metal Alchemist. So risenbullrangers.com, and not only uh, are, is it free to join, but you can see my convention schedule there, and I encourage you all to come to a convention uh, that I'm appearing at near you and say hello, and I would love to meet you in person. Excellent. Um, thank you so much, Vic, uh, for being on. Again, this is, uh, this is a huge, just a huge opportunity for us to be able to talk to you. Um, uh, Alexia usually uh, does the sign-off uh, for our show. Um, but I'm going to hand it to you. Uh, at the end of every show, Alexia says, Trek off, bitches. Would you mind saying Trek off, bitches, to our lovely audience? <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. I'll look forward to seeing you in person sometime and and uh, and continuing to speak with you. But for the time being, Trek off, bitches! just finished the episode and you're like hey that was fun i'd like more trek off to put in my ear hole to put into my brain part well that's really easy all you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com there's over a hundred hours of trek off it's free just go there trekoffpodcast.com or search itunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com that's really easy you can also like us on facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do like us there especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com that's our movie we're making a movie based on this the trailers there links are there trekoffmovie.com trekoffpodcast.com thank you for listening and trek off okay this is the last chance i got before you go on to whatever else you're going to do today please check out we are nerds go on itunes right now before the podcast ends and just get it. it's 99 cents or amazon whatever you use to get music it really does help us it's a really cool song we are nerds get it now before you do anything else i trust you i know you're gonna do it okay thanks so much bye-bye you got me again Why do we like to see characters die and it's terrible Crying at home, it's embarrassing Every show is like dead, dead, dead And the wedding is red like the beheading of Ned Jenny, Calendar, Tara, and Anya and Fred Tasha, Yar, Uncle Ben, and Gwen Why is it then we tune in Every week for bloodletting, upsetting The deading, we wind up betting But this time Moffat and Wheaton and Martin will soften the bleeding But probably not, we